following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I swear to God, the Las Vegas Raiders are now controlled by the mob. Because because of sports betting. Yeah. Okay, so Sunday against the Vikings, the mob was like, we need to hit this under. Took it super serious. Very. The final score is three to nothing. And then Thursday night, last night, they play the Chargers. The mob's like, all right, now we need to hit that over. We need to keep things even. The final score is 63 to 21. I turned it on just before the second touchdown, and that came off of a turnover as the wildly named former Chris Kleiman quarterback, Easton Stick. Oof. Hey, shout out to Easton Stick. Uh, threw a pick, and that, that turned into a touchdown drive for the Raiders. Three plays after the ensuing kickoff, they fumble the ball back to the Raiders, and it just that quickly becomes 21 nothing. So fast. And I'm like, ball game. I know it. Good night. Um, really great mob guy voice, by the way. We need to get this under. Well, I was trying uh, not to put New Jersey, New York accent on it. Just yeah, but sure keep you it gravelly. Listen, we're burying <laughs> bodies out in Vegas. We need the cash. The latest is Brandon Staley. That guy who um, the pick on that screen is one of the best catches slash interceptions I've ever seen in my life. That was when it was 42 nothing. They threw a screen and he like reached back to grab it. That was uh, I have I stayed I stood up in my living room and applauded. Austin Eckler is my guy in that I called some of his high school games. But when it is 49 to 7 and yeah. you pick up a first down, do not get up and signal first down. It, <laughs> see, you know, they, they get it right out of the box. Oh, 100%, yeah. I think he wants off that team so bad. I, I think that he's like, "You know what? I'm I'm going to do everything well, I can to be a little jerk." On top of all of that, it, it, as I noted, I called some of his high school games. His high school, let's let's just put it as a point of reference. His high school, in relation to where Greeley was, is Riley to Manhattan. So, uh, you know, that was a coverage area thing. He's a big Broncos guy. He wants to go home. He He's would not mind going home. home. He's trying to go home. <sighs> what What's the mom going to line up for uh, Chiefs Raiders on Christmas oh, Day? Kadarius Tony over 35 yards. Uh, will you do something <laughs> for me? Over 35 <laughs> penalty yards. Ah! That's what's going to I want you to do something for the family. Catch the damn ball. Catch the stupid <laughs> ball, you, you stupid kid. Hey. Hey, try to eat the moon I got, okay? I'll gabagoo. Have some gabagoo. It's going to get weird when, they, when the no. Chief, Chief Raiders is going to be a weird game. I'm not. I'm staying so far away from that game, even props like that, like Kadarius Tony over. 35 yards. I'm, I'm no. no. So odd. So Chiefs Raiders is Monday, but it's at noon. Because it's Christmas. I, but Yes, exactly. It's Christmas oh Day. Oh, my God. But they have to play at noon That's, on a Monday. Dude, this game's going to be weird. I mean, are we going to be in Orlando by the time they kick off? I don't know yet. We do leave 
Monday morning at like 6.40. And we have a layover in uh-huh. Ric Flair country. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Nashville's. Let's go. Say that again. You, not, uh, I thought he was a Listen, Charlie. okay, this is back-to-back shows. You just <laughs> spit something out that was completely wrong. Dave, come when, on. Where you should be educated uh, to oh, at least give a good guess. Oh, that's right. He's from South Carolina. No. North, he's from North Carolina. Yes. That's right. I forgot. Charlotte. Charlotte. He's from Charlotte. Listen, listen. I, can't, I, I got a lot of heat for that Darren Sproles thing, and I don't know what I was. I was just, like, flustered. Okay, so I'll, yesterday was a verbal warning. Now I have to write you up. I mean, okay. listen, come okay. on. Give him credit. It's only back-to-back days. I say things wrong every day. See? <laughs> it's not used to being here. It's Friday. It's, yeah. you know, it's, he's not in this, oh, the mindset. Oh, man. I don't know what happened yesterday. I'm but. drunk. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not uh, embarrassing. I'm super drunk. That's what. Happy hour. It's Friday. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Friday, oh, welcome boy. to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke wearing his WrestleMania 6 Ultimate Warrior Macho Man Randy Savage shirt. Oh, oh yeah. Where's Ultimate likely... Warrior from? I couldn't tell you. Yeah? I couldn't tell you. Uh, uh, he grew up in Ogden. So, uh, in other words, parts unknown. I'm yeah. Parts unknown. Yeah. yeah, this show's awesome. That actually sounded like a shot at Ogden. Yeah. I was just trying to be legit. Yeah. He's from parts unknown. Right. That's where he's billed from. So, not a shot at Ogden. Back off, Ogden. Okay, here's a question for Owen. So, Macho Man Randy Savage... I, I don't remember how far he got in Major League Baseball, but what organization did he play for? To be truthfully honest, I didn't know he played in Major League Baseball. He did. He was the least minor league for sure. Yeah. I don't know if he double made a. it all the way to the show. Yeah, he's a double-A guy. I feel like, uh, dude, I have no idea. Somewhere in California? No, Cincinnati no. Reds. Really, the Reds? He was a Reds guy. He was a catcher, and he broke his arm, and so he learned how to throw with the other arm. Huh. Which really didn't help him because he's, now he's a left-handed catcher. Which and like, don't we exist. don't want that. For so. a reason, yeah. <laughs> I much more preferred his rap career at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it was just bars. He was, it was basically, what what would we call him? Um, where you're going after somebody in a rap. I'm it's blanking on what it is. Diss track. Yeah. Very, very good. After on this. Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Because they had beef forever. They did. And Hogan's like, I can't do that. All right, let's get to uh, well breakdown of today's show. In hour number two, we'll have Mitch Palm versus the Nebraska Cornhuskers, blindly ranked five. We're going to hear from Cooper Beebe here in hour number one, who spoke what? to the media earlier today as uh, he has been named a unanimous consensus All-American. And, guys, it was no question at all that he was going to play in the bowl game. He's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. The, the the offensive line, they stayed together to come back. They're going to go out together. Nice. Love it. Uh, we're going to hear from Chris Kleiman also in this hour, and probably a little bit in hour number two as well. K-State looking to improve its effort in NIL. Let's start out with um, Jerome Tang. We had two press conferences today. Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang on the same day. It was a busy day. I went to Kleiman. Troy went to uh, to Tang. Um Let's just get to it because this has been the biggest worry over the last week for K-State fans. With the Naquan Tomlin situation, with the involvement of Richard Linton, the, you know, of course, the the the, the media releases, the, the bad PR, K-State fans, K-State, um, you know, those that root for the Cats, fans, supporters, 
of K-State athletics are very unhappy, and that's put it probably lightly, mm-hmm. pretty unhappy by the results of Naquan Tomlin being kicked off the team and are unhappy with President Richard Linton and his involvement, even though, again, there's some to the story that we probably don't know, most likely don't know. Uh, but Coach Tang, speaking earlier today, I got two clips for you. They're they're longer than what we usually play, but I want to give you most of the answers talking about, first of all, hearing about the process of Naquan Tomlin being kicked off the team because Coach Tang and, and the staff were on a day off. Here's Coach Tang speaking to the media. So I put my phone down and I was with my wife and doing stuff. We went and got a massage together. It was like around four o'clock. And when I got done, I saw I missed a call from Gene. Well, he's boss. So, <laughs> you know, I, I returned the call and he said, we need to talk. And so then we talked. And But that was the first that at that time from Tuesday night celebrating the win all day Wednesday that I known that anything in, on campus was going on or whatever. That's the first I saw of it. That night when I saw it and I saw some of the videos, some of the things that was being said, uh, in my spirit I knew that's, that wasn't how we honor God. God doesn't deal in division. Scripture's clear, house divided, can't stand. You know, and so for me I knew in my spirit I needed to, to try and do something that um, brought us together. The statement said at the bottom of it that there would be nothing else said or done. And so I was trying to honor that too. And so, you know, then the next day, you know, we had some meetings and they asked if I would uh, say something. And, you know, I, I just felt like our fans needed to hear my heart in it that, you know, we loved Quan, we loved this place. And the only way we can move forward is with love. Yeah, 100%. And until the last press release from K-State, and this was from Richard Linton, it feels like it felt like at the time after drum tank statement that was posted on social media that the waters had started to be calmed um and then of course things fired back up with the the third press release coming from um president richard linton so now we've been a week removed from all that taking place and when the coaches were having their day off the team was having their day off a sabbatical just a day off with their families with you know take care of whatever business you have to do outside of the program that was right after the Villanova win. That was right after the whole team went to the student section and, ce- and celebrated after an overtime victory over the Villanova Wildcats. And who was involved with that? Naquan Tomlin. And, gosh, not too long after that, Naquan was no longer with the team. There were um, protests on campus in front of the president's house. And not only did Tang release that statement on social media, before that went to those protesters and said, Let's get out of here. And instead of expressing your, you know, your hate for anything you feel right now, let's instead let's flip that and turn into love. Now, as we move forward, you know, obviously President Richard Linton still working at K State. Um, as far as I know, that hasn't really been either talked about or addressed. I know the Board of Regents right had a meeting recently this week, and. I've- not heard any rumblings as to outcomes, no. Yeah, there's no signs that there's in any way, shape, or form an effort to make a change or anything like that. Has a lot of K-State fans worried because so many people were calling for Richard Linton's job that if President Linton does stick around, Coach Tang is out the door. Mm. Drum Tang 
was asked the question, what do you have to say to those fans that fear that you're leaving at the end of this season? It's a minute and 12 seconds. Here's Coach Tang. I was an assistant for 19 years and always wanted to be a head coach, right? And that, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, wanted to be a head coach. And, but um, the opportunity never came about. And, uh, the, and that, that was, I believe, God's hand was on that, right, for the right time. And when God said, this is the time, I moved. And if uh, my situation here, uh, when God says it's time to move, I'm going to move. Um, nobody's going to run me away. No situation's going to, you know, scare me. I, I know I'm called to be here for this moment and this time. And, like, once again, uh, if if for some reason the Lord says, you know, I'm moving you somewhere else, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean to another school, it could be stop coaching. I'm okay with that. Whatever God has for me, that that's what I'm all about. So, um you know, happy, unhappy, that stuff, like, I, I think those are words. You know, there's a joy in my soul for what I do and, and being around these young men, and, and that's what I hope that, that people see and people understand. Listen, I'm not a religious man, but if I was in charge of a church and I needed a pastor, the guy at the top <laughs> of my board is Jerome Tang. That introductory press conference last year was all I needed to hear to notice that when this guy speaks, the people listen. They stay quiet. They listen to every word he has to say. And he delivers it in such a comfortable, appropriate tone. And it's all positive. 99%. It is positive lecture from Jerome Tang, at least from what we've seen mm-hmm. um, out in the public. So, But I will say, um, last week, my big talking point about the whole situation was, you know, it I was, what, 21 years old when Frank Martin left. Um, now he came out and said it wasn't mostly, you know, it wasn't all because of the John Curry fallout with, uh, was it Dominique Sutton? That, that Jamar whole th- or Jamar Samuels, that whole thing, um, with receiving money from a donor mm-hmm. or AAU coach. or AAU who, coach. Yeah. An uncle. After that falling out, um, I worry that now a president is going to have Drum Tang out because there is a fractured relationship. Coach Tang wasn't able to do his job, which was mentor his players and and uh, guide the players the way he wants to. Um, and even went a step above, you know, Gene Taylor not being able to do his job. It sounds like so. I I I'm actually I. It doesn't really honestly move the needle for me. I I still worry. That at the end of the year, Jerome Tang will decide to leave. Um, I hope he. Uh, everybody knows. I I hope he doesn't. And everybody that roots for K State for I would imagine would hope that he is not going anywhere. Um. But it just doesn't seem comfortable to me that moving forward they, they continue to work together unless th- something gets worked out. I don't know what the relationship is like. But to us, from what the information that we know, that it, it, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. So I don't feel better. I don't feel worse, honestly, about this situation. I just have to go with my gut feeling right now, and that is that I worry. And this is the one person 
top of the list, in my opinion, that K-State cannot afford to lose. Mm. Can't afford to lose. Because if he were to leave, the blank is going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a long time to clean up that splatter. Because it's going to be all over. Mm-hmm. I would maybe change the point on one thing in that Jerome Tang, yes, is the one person. You've got to go 1B and 1C. Gene Taylor, Chris Kleiman involved as well. You know that if there's a change in athletic director, Chris Kleiman probably then begins to look a little more seriously. That's the thing that we've got right now with this leadership in place among those three. It's... It's a group of guys that get it, that understand what they're doing, understand their approach, understand what they want to accomplish. And if there's any chance of something poisoning that well, it makes it tough. That makes it very tough. And your, your point on the splatter is absolutely dead on. Because there are going to be long-term ramifications if all of this doesn't, if all of this doesn't get, I won't say solved, because I don't know that you ever truly solve these matters, but put into a state where you're able to handle the status quo. And be able to manage being around each other if you have to be in terms of president, athletic director, coaches. It's it's exceptionally delicate. It's I think it's really it's telling like uh, I, and, and I, you know, when I say this, like I imagine if I asked Jerome Tang this question, he'd be like, dude, you're looking into this way too much. He did yeah, say maybe. when I went out there because I saw what was going on and I just felt compelled to help. He said, you know, we were, I was, I read the statement said there would be no more statements made. And then there was another statement made. I think that goes hand in hand with this idea that these three people, at least these three people have not been on the same page this whole time. And he was saying, I don't know if he meant that. I, I don't, I don't, Jerome Tang does not come off as a guy who's a dig kind of guy, but it was weird that he brought it up and he said, I was, I thought they were, they were going to make no more statements. And then, so that's why I just went out there and just told the kids to, to their face, like, let's do something else, you know, um, which was the raddest thing you could have asked for at that moment. And this guy, the UP, just couldn't let that be it. He couldn't let that be the, the the good the feel good final piece of the puzzle he had to come back over the top and that's where it's like dude what are you doing i just don't get it man you could almost though argue that that no more statements aspect was violated by tang as well in the putting out of the video well didn't i thought he said that they had asked him to put the video they out they did and i remember the day of the number one takeaway we had the day of when the third release came out from linton was like 
if this came out today or yesterday and then Tang's video Two came afterwards, yeah. Yeah. we would have we would have felt a lot better about the situation. But it felt so weird because it felt like Tang put a bow on it and then Linton was like, well, actually, let me clarify two more things. And it it just felt counterproductive. I think it's obvious that we should be somewhat worried because there are some some cracks in the in the concrete of the foundation right now. But I also think that this is partially just what it feels like to have a really good head coach at the same time. Jobs are going to come open. You're going to be worried. I know that we have an internal worry, not an, an external worry at this point. But I think it is partly partially something that you kind of have to get used to because you can lure a guy out. Obviously, different set of circumstances. But Let, well, let's finish with this. Last year, after the NCAA tournament, Coach Tang's name came up for a ton of jobs. I did not worry one bit mm-hmm. that he was out the door. This is a different story. And it has nothing to do of who might be coming to say, hey, Coach, here's so-and-so money. Here's a great opportunity. Here's a, you know, a better situation. Come here. Or you know, whatever the pitch would be. Um, it has nothing to do with who that particular name might be. It all has to do with what the picture has been painted as the current relationship between some of the most important people on campus. Mm-hmm. And when you have butting heads, mm-hmm. can you continue to work with somebody you don't get you, you don't agree with, somebody you don't get along with? So that's where I currently sit. I hope things change. I really do. Um, but until, you know, more information, I, I, I'll probably, you know, I want K-State to win. I want Bramlage to be packed. And I think that's, again, I'm going to, I'm going to spread the same message of let's just continue with what Coach Tang has said and let's spread love, but let's spread the love towards him <laughs> and the team yeah. and go to Bramlage and cheer on the Cats and make it the Octagon of Doom for the rest of this season, including Sunday. Go get those GA tickets that for sale mm-hmm. that the students didn't take. And let's make sure there is, what, 11,000 strong inside of Bramlage. We got to take a break. We are way late here. When we come back, now we're going to hear from K-State football coach Chris Kleiman, offensive coordinator, quarterback stuff. By the way, did address NIL when we come back. All right, we are back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Owen Burke. Uh, DG had to bounce. He had to get out of here. Uh, the word on the street is that his uh, hot, hot water heater has busted. Open up the basement. swimming pool. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, that's, uh, boy. You know, we were talking the mob earlier, you know, maybe <laughs> affecting uh, some Raiders games. Well, that reminded me instantly of a scene in The Sopranos where uh, – there is a scene that in Tony Soprano's house was a hot water heater in the basement, and the FBI had bugged his house or whatever. Okay. They noticed that they were trying to find a way in his house without a search warrant. So they bugged the, the house. Government doesn't do that, does and, it? And they, and they noticed that the hot water heater was going bad, and the bottom of it was about to just bust open. It was so weak. So they're like, just wait. It's going to happen soon, and that's our way into the house. Ah, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you think that that's how the mafia handled things? I I do. I think that's what's happening with him. In they heard case. the impression in the mm-hmm. first segment. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, this guy's toast. 
Um, hey, good news uh, for K-State football. We learned earlier today, as a matter of fact, this happened like an hour after I spoke with Austin Moore about his plans moving forward. Asked him uh, that uh, I asked him specifically, what are you debating right now in your head when it comes to the future? Are you thinking either NFL or stand for one more year? He said, yes, that was exactly it. No transfer in mind. It was either K-State or next level. But he was just trying to figure out when and how he wants to announce. He still had a lot of thinking to do, just didn't know when he was going to announce. Well, that announcement came like an hour later. (laughs) The machine, Austin Moore, is coming back to K-State for his final year of eligibility, and I cannot be more pumped about that. Austin Moore has probably been my favorite defensive player the last two years. And that's also considering what Felix Indudike Uzama did two years ago mm-hmm. with his eight and a half sacks um, in Austin. I mean, last year he was second on the team in tackles for loss. This year he was first in tackles for loss. There is a reason they call him the machine. And I don't think it's because one night on a train he got blackout drunk with the KGB in Russia. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a Burt Kreischer reference. Uh-huh. Those don't uh, never heard that story. Uh-huh. That's how he became the machine. Um, no. And, and you're also talking about somebody that was thrown into a leadership role mm-hmm. with the injury to do screen. And now he will be your leader on defense, no doubt about it, next season. Um, you know, especially Kobe Savage not back with the team next year. He is into the transfer portal. Your number one leader, no doubt about it, is going to be Austin mm-hmm. Moore at the weak side linebacker position. Um, meanwhile, the other player we heard about earlier today that will be coming back for last year of eligibility is Brendan Mott. Mm. I think Brendan Mott was also considering the same decision. Uh, knew actually beforehand that he had planned to come back um, but he had made the official announcement earlier today. And uh, and Brendan Mont, who la- uh, last year was third on the team in tackles for loss, this year he was fourth, team in, fourth on the team in tackles for loss and uh, making plays for K-State. And by the way, I mean, also, is you, you know, uh, if you're the coaching staff for K-State, you feel a little bit better about what the defensive line might be in the bowl game because K-State is going to be a little bit down when right. it comes to who's available on the D-line. Usos hurt, um, and uh, and then you have um, Damian, Eli, Leo, Javon Banks, who might be moving out to defensive end. Uh, at least you have one guy that was in the rotation at DN that's going to play because Khalid Duke is certainly on his way to the NFL. I would I would assume mm-hmm. um, Cody Stuffelbean is no longer with the team, and then Nate Matlack is in the portal. Right. So that's some good news. Um, Earlier today, Chris Kleiman had himself a press conference. He talked, and you heard it in the update if you're listening live, that just kind of broke down the reasons why guys jumped at the portal, moved closer to home, better opportunity to go play more, and also didn't say it this way, but it's the way I'm going to say it. It's a, a money grab. An NIL money grab is a possibility. Right after that, in his opening statement, did discuss that K-State, as a, a sports program, is going to be working harder, and it's already started, working harder for real NIL promises and to be able to compete for these student-athletes. 
I know that there's some unkept promises, and that's what I feel bad for for some of the student-athletes across the country is uh, maybe a number was set and it didn't come through. And I'm not going to sit and tell a family that we're going to try to help them with a lot of our great businesses in Manhattan, in the state of Kansas, and people that want to support us if we know that number's not real. We're moving in a really good trajectory on having a lot of real numbers that we can compete and compete well to make sure kids want to stay and play for Kansas State. That has been a not-talked-about-enough horror story for some athletes that have gone to major programs and you know basically got lied to about the NIL money that they were going to get by coming to that university. I do remember hearing a story recently about Texas A&M. I don't know if that got resolved or what what the follow-up was, but there was a student-athlete that was unhappy about that and, and, and spoke out a little bit about it. Um, but I also, you know, I would imagine this is in a way a reference to Kobe Savage. Why didn't I talk about it on Monday that Kobe is, is leaving because NIL opportunities came about. He was planning to stick around, but then most likely tampering took place. And no. he has NIL opportunities. But K-State wants to, and Kleiman alluding there is that what he's talking about is K-State moving forward does not want to be in a position where they have to worry about that, have to be more prepared and ready to go to take on these battles that are against the rules. Not exactly what Kleiman was saying out loud, word for word, but that's the way I take it. Something that Jerome Tang discussed uh, in the press conference, he out and out said it, that uh, as we've kind of joked, it's going to be the wild, wild west. Given the NCAA issue this week that we talked about with the transfers and the secondary transfers, and if the NCAA loses that, you're essentially opening up where players can transfer wherever, whenever. Well, and I'll open this up to you because this was also talked about the press conference many times today having to do with right now what these college football coaches have on their plate oh. before they even play a bowl game before even prep starts for a bowl game first of all you're trying to you're trying to finish up for the most part your recruiting class for the 2024 season so not only you're 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 visiting the guys that you're looking for to signing on the 20th you're also recruiting the transfer portal you're looking to recruit more high school guys. You're looking to go JUCO. And you're also recruiting your own players. Yes. These coaches need to be in three or four places at one time. And this all has to be taking place in a very short amount of time. I'm thinking about it as just a leaderboard that is constantly changing. Except that in the case of a college football team now, it's your roster where it's constantly moving these parts around because that one's out. We lost that recruiting battle. That one's going into the transfer portal. You know, it's just this constant movement at the time that it used to be you got some of the best opportunity to be working with your team leading into a bowl game. And you were able to get your meetings done and you were able to get all of the various uh, off-season, early off-season aspects off your plate. Plus, yes, you were finishing up your recruiting, normal recruiting, when they added the early period. I mean, the, the season... And something's going to have to give here, one of these points, yeah, because it, this is just... Th this is 
I cannot even imagine the stress level trying to manage all of this right now. Yeah, and Coach mentioned there needs to be a college football commissioner. There needs oh. to be him and his peers, colleagues. They need to get together. Wait a minute. I, think, I thought Greg calendar. Sankey was the college football commissioner. He would like to be. He, he sure loves his – anyway, yeah. But, like, I, another thing about that that kind of just – it's kind of crazy to think this, that, you know, the college football season ended – what, how long – I shouldn't say the college football season, but the the conference championship games were played – 13 days ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And K-State is now 13 days out of a bowl game, and Kleiman still hasn't watched any film right. on NC State. Right. Other coaches are, are looking into that, but as a head coach, right now responsibilities are much more needed. Else, You know, the bowl game is honestly, it, it is a, I hate to say this, I like to look at bowl games a bit bigger than this, but it's been meaningless. It, it, it's not, you know doesn't count towards your chance at a college football playoff or something bigger it's just an extra game it's an exhibition sure but okay you get a cool opportunity and an experience now you change that next year but it's also i mean it's an opportunity for these young guys to play mm-hmm. and but heck now you change that next year yeah but the, the portal is still open mm-hmm. and you're still trying to solidify your your roster and you're, okay. you're too deep and how would you like to be texas right now you know that you're going into a college football playoff semifinal and you're unsettled with who your number two is at quarterback because your number two decided to enter into the transfer portal, that it was more important to enter the transfer portal now than to be on the team to play a national championship semifinal. But the flip side of that is if you're Malik Murphy... If you don't jump in the transfer portal right now, you're not going to get that NIL money. All right, real quick. This a couple, is nuts. A, a couple, we could go on and on about oh. how just messy the recruiting slash bowl game prep calendar, not only with your own team, it's but the destroying, recruits, destroying. is just way too stacked right now. Too many things that coaches have to do right now. Um. Coach did confirm that Connor Riley will be the interim offensive coordinator for the bowl game. That's not a surprise. It's going to be treated just like it was two years ago with Colin Klein in the Texas Bowl. It is an audition. Let's see what he can do. It's his time to shine. He has earned this opportunity. What does he do with this opportunity? Um, And then also the Jacob Knuth situation, who came in as – um, a walk-on because he was previously on an academic scholarship, so he had to sit out a year. Uh, it didn't say this word specifically, but it appears that a waiver has been agreed upon and that uh, from the NCAA, Jacob Knuth will be eligible to be the backup quarterback for Avery Johnson in the Pop-Tarts Bowl on December 28th. We take a break, and we when we come back, we're going to hear from K-State's consensus All-American at left guard, Cooper Beebe spoke to the media. We'll hear from him next. It is the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, and Owen Burke in studio today. The fun over 537-1350 if you want to call in and... Uh... Give us your thoughts on the Cats, questions or comments. 6'4", senior left guard, Cooper Beebe. 
will play his last game as a Wildcat on December 28th, Orlando, Florida, Camping World Stadium against the Wolfpack of NC State. What a career it has been for Cooper Beebe. This year, the biggest one of them all, and it's one of the biggest seasons when it comes to postseason accolades that we've ever seen in K-State football history. As it was yesterday that Cooper Beebe was named a unanimous consensus All-American as he is the first cat to receive that full honor since Terrence Newman in 2002. Cooper Beebe becomes the first lineman in K-State history to be named a consensus All-American and at least five years down the road. I would imagine by the time the next class is ready to go on the Ring of Honor, not talking about pro wrestling, I'm talking about the K-State Ring of Honor, Cooper Beebe's name will be up there, and I would imagine Deuce Vaughn wouldn't be too far behind. He's going to be part of that same class as well. Hashtag my boy. Deuce Vaughn's name is going to be on that stadium someday mm-hmm. here in the near future, I would hope. Cooper Beebe spoke to the media, and this might be the last time we got to speak to Cooper Beebe. We get to speak to Cooper Beebe as a member of K-State, one-on-one at the Veneer Football Complex. Here is that interview from earlier today. So where were you when he found out? Um, I was actually sleeping, uh, believe it or not. Um, no, uh, you know, my, uh, I knew I only needed one more, or one more to be um, unanimous, and I was kind of waiting for it. I knew when it was come back. Uh, Ryan kind of gave me an idea when it was going to come out. And, you know, I woke up, and let's just say it was a pretty, pretty good nap. Um, you know, I was getting blown up on, on Twitter. You know, my dad was calling me. Spade was calling me. Coach was calling me. So it was, it was definitely a great feeling. Now there's coaches and there's teammates, but there's something inside of you that drive. What, what are your attributes that's made you so successful? Um, I think it's just, just the way, you know, I work. Um, I, I understand, you know, n- nothing has been given to me in my career, man. I, I had to earn it. Um, you know, it's just a, a test to, you know, all the hard work I put in, you know, all the all the tough days, you know, tough runs, tough workouts, you know, tough games, just continuing to go, I think, is the biggest thing for me. You know, it. You know, when stuff got tough, you know, you, you push through it and, you know, I, I've just been, you know, truly blessed to be here, to be around great people, great coaches, great players that, you know, have pushed me to strive to be who I am today. When you hear Cooper Beebe, one of the all-time greats at Kansas State. Um, honestly, it's this surreal feeling, you know, growing up, you know, watching, you know, a lot of a lot of great K-State players just to be, you know, among those names, it, it's such an honor. And, and I know some, you know, I'll look back, you know, I'll take my kids back, back here one day and, and just show them, you know, hey, you your dad was pretty good here, and um, it's just such an honor. I know that you kind of came back to put yourself in discussion for the Ring of Honor and clearly probably did that. Do you approach this bowl game like perhaps your final game because of that? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I already know that, you know, after this I'm, I'm going to head on to the NFL. Um, and, you know, I'm going to enjoy, you know, one one last ride with my teammates. Um, I know it's probably not going to – the team ain't going to look the same. There's going to be young guys, but, you know, there's – a lot to a lot to enjoy, and I'm excited to see a lot of these young guys, you know, step out there, you know, for maybe the first time and, and see what they can do. What would you yes. tell anybody who's worried about Kansas State or the culture or anything because of all the transfers that we've seen? Um, don't be. Um, you know, it, it's it's the new age of college football. I think a lot of people, you know, are going to go try to chase money, and you know, I think that's something that you no, know, that's not yeah, that's not who we are. And you know, we got Coach Kleiman at the helm, so so we'll be fine. So I I see all the worry on Twitter, but. Don't be, you know, we got the right man um, at the top and, and he'll get us going again. I'm guessing the answer is no, but did you put any thought into sitting out this game? Oh, absolutely not. Um, 
you know, for me, you know, being a captain, being a leader, especially, you know, a down, a lot of players um, and being my last game, you know, I, I felt like I, if I'm going to start something, I'm going to finish it. And, you know, as a leader, I'm going to send this team off right and I'm going to play in the bowl game. What excites you most about the idea of playing in front of Avery for a full game? Um, it's exciting. Dude's, dude's such a playmaker. And I think one of the things that makes him special is just the confidence he plays with. You know, it's something you don't don't see in freshmen very often. You know, I think that's confidence is something that's really key to having success at the college level and just to see how much he has and just to see his ability to, to make plays is, is going to be special and I can't wait. Do you have a favorite flavor of Pop-Tarts? Brown sugar cinnamon. Um, I lived off those in high school. Um, that's probably why I came out as, as big as I was. But uh, those are by far definitely my favorite. How, how sad are you? to uh, see Coach Riley get a, get a, get a shot at, at offensive coordinator. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so excited for him. You know, he's such a great coach. You know, obviously he's been my coach um, this whole time. He's, I think he's one of the best coaches we have on staff, honestly. And, you know, I think that's, too, one of the reasons, you know, the whole whole line decided to play in the bowl game is, you know, we, we felt it would be right to, you know, be at full strength and offensive line, you know, when Coach Coach Riley takes over. But, you know, he, he's super knowledgeable. He, he's such a great coach, and I'm, I'm excited for him. This is your opportunity to get to drop something a little like a, like a Dalton Reisner special? Hey, I mean, if it works out that way, you know, maybe I'll bet, Coach, you know, I've done a lot for you uh, <laughs> my career here. Maybe throw me a bone here and there. But, no, you know, maybe, maybe something can put it in the works. Once again, that is K-State senior left guard Cooper Beebe here on the game, and we are going to shut down for the hour, and we're going to bring hour two here in just a moment. Hour two will feature Mitch Palm against Nebraska, blindly ranked five. Ask us anything is all coming up, so is your local news. Stick around. You're listening to the game on News Radio KMAN.